It's now three in a row as Boston College dropped a winnable game against Louisville, 28-14 to on Saturday. In a game where Dennis Grossell had everything go wrong for him, BC still stuck around. We're going to break down all of what happened on Saturday on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. If this is your first listen, I want to welcome you to our show. We are a daily Boston College podcast. We do this five days a week, and we go over everything Boston College in a nice 25 to 30-minute segment. If you enjoy this podcast, if this is your first time listening, at the end, hit that subscribe button and make Boston College, Locked On Boston College part of your daily routine. All right, let's jump into the game. Boston College, 28-14 loss to Louisville. What happened? So basically, there's two main themes that go along with this game. Boston College just could not stop Malik Cunningham. He ran ragged over BC. He had 60 rushing yards in the first quarter alone against the Eagles and ended up finishing with 133, including three rushing touchdowns. You know, I was watching this with my dad. If you've listened to this podcast, he's been on here before. And uh, he had stopped over, and he goes, man, he looks like Lamar Jackson. And he did. I mean, he definitely moved like Lamar Jackson. Uh, His passing definitely did not, though. Uh, Cunningham was a very pedestrian, 107 yards. He threw two interceptions. Not the best passer. He doesn't have the best arm. And those interceptions and mistakes that Louisville made, there was also a fumble uh, by Trevion Cooley, let Boston College stay in a game that they had no business staying in. And I'm not ripping on BC for this. They just were not playing well, on especially on offense. And these mistakes that Louisville kept making kept giving an extra, you know, breath of life to the Eagles. And they did it over and over again. And be, and luckily for um for Louisville, the BC just was never able to capitalize. And that was because Dennis Grossell had easily, I think, his worst game of the season. He just did not look like the quarterback that should be out there. And he made mistake after mistake. He just was not throwing good footballs. He was making bad reads. He was, he was you know, he got sacked three times. Not a good game at all for Grossell. And if you've been listening to this podcast, I've been I've been called a Dennis Grossell stan. And I, I want to tell you right now, I love the kid. He's a great leader. He's a good Boston College player. Um, he's a backup, right? And I wanted to give him a chance. So when people were ripping his head off after bad games against NC State and Clemson, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt because he deserved, you know, this is a kid that gave up the opportunity to play at other schools, according to Jeff Halfley, to stay at BC. So I thought he deserved at least one more chance. And this Louisville game, man, is going to be the last chance for, for, for Grossell because the offense is painful to watch. They can, He can't get the ball past 10 yards past the line of scrimmage um, with any accuracy. Zay Flowers has been completely um, neutered. Uh, Trey Barry, you don't see much of him. He only had uh, two catches throughout the game. Flowers had four. And it was just, you know, he continues to try those deep post routes to, to Flowers and misses by about five yards, a pass that J- Phil Dracovic would hit every single time. Now, 
this is the time. This yeah, this has to be the time. We'll talk about it later. That Boston College moves on from Phil. I mean, from Dennis Grossell. You you know, I admit I was slower to get on that train than most people, but I I'm there now. I don't think he should be playing right now. You know, they're going to play against a Syracuse team that has a good pass defense. I think they're 25th in the country. You know, Louisville's was supposed to be really bad. They were, you know, near the 129th in the country uh, going into last game. They're averaging over 300 yards allowed, and BC only allowed through for 141 yards. So, Grossell, he just he just wasn't able to do anything. You know, I think that the key drive that was so Dennis Grossell in, in the struggles that he's having was the second-to-last drive, um, third-to-last drive, excuse me, where he gets them downfield. It was after the fumble by um, JT Thompson. They they get great field possession. They're at, like, the five-yard line. And he throws, and it, it looked like maybe he got hit, too. I just couldn't tell by the angle. But he just throws a dead duck, and he's intercepted. That was the game right there. You know, be he he ends the game with a fumble, and that's that's it. That's all, that's all it is, right? You you there was two big things that happened in this game on the offense. The B, the defense uh, on the offense, the BC couldn't stop, could, couldn't move the ball at all. And I don't want to give Louisville too much credit. I just think there's something schematic and personnel wrong with what BC is doing. You have to make a change. You have to do it soon because these losses are starting to pile up. And then playing defense. You know, when you let up 351 yards rushing, you're going to lose. And it's a concern going into the Syracuse week because you're facing Sean Tucker, who is the leading rushing runner in the entire country. That is a big issue for Boston College. And I think this game was a bad one. And we're going to talk more about it with Mitchell Wolf in just a moment. But before we do that, let's chat a little bit about prize picks. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. It's a leader in college sports and daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you may not even have heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yards to touchdown and even interceptions thrown. You just pick two to five players, the over and under, and boom, you can do it. It's so easy. You can make mix and match picks where you could pick Tom Brady and um, and Jalen Jalen Brown. It's that easy. It's super easy to use. You can just download the app on the App Store or Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's safe and easy to make withdrawals, which you don't get sometimes with some of those other apps. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use promo code Locked On, and they're gonna match 100% any deposit you make. Just head on over to prizepicks.com and use promo code locked on. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here with Mitch Wolf. He joins us every Monday to review Sunday, uh, Saturday's game uh, for Boston College. And this one is the third straight loss for the Boston College Eagles as they lose 28 to 14 to the Louisville Cardinals. Mitch, how's it going? You know, I, I told you that I have a, a dad joke and I think you'll appreciate it. So, you know, this is a bird jokes. game, bird, bird game between the Eagles and the Cardinals. And let me tell you, this game was foul. Mm. Love it. And I know there's a uh, one of our listeners, Chris, loves to send me dad jokes. So I'm sure he's l- loving this one at home. So, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, it, was, it sucked. <laughs> it was a bad game. Oh, totally. Yeah. We, we, we kind of reviewed already in the first uh, ha- uh, segment the whole flow of the game. Let's let's talk about the offense because it was offensive. It was bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is 
there's something rotten in Sweden going on with BC's offense. And I well, I'm rotten in Denmark. Excuse me. I got my hand, my Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> but it, they're just a mess right now. They're not, they're not playing well. You know, the Grossell looks completely disjointed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on record. You know, people have been giving me crap all weekend. I will say now, and this is where I'll stand with Dennis Grossell, that I gave him a chance against Clemson and NC State. I thought it was due to good defenses. The Louisville game changed my mind. I am on board with you. I don't think he should be playing. Louisville's pass defense is garbage. And nothing mm-hmm. that they showed me. I mean, there were so many home run balls that he, he could have thrown that they were out of place. And so when I hear that Louisville's pass defense is great now because they beat up on Grossell, I, I'm I'm going off on a tangent here. Mitch, talk to me about this game. Yeah, I mean, we've obviously both been kind of the leaders of the uh, protect Dennis Grossell movement, I guess, um, after his two not-so-great performances against probably the two of the better defenses in the conference. So, And like we've said, like there were other factors that led to those losses. Like against Clemson, it was the crowd and the offensive line penalties. And like Grossell wasn't perfect as well. NC State, you know, Grossell wasn't perfect again, but tons of drops that really killed drives. And I watched that back game back again, and I was texting you like, if just some of these guys catch these balls, this game is totally different. But this game, it's really all on him because guys were open. There was It was raining, but... You know, there were a few drops that's going to happen, but it wasn't anywhere near as bad as NC State. And he just wasn't throwing passes accurately. And th- that's really all they're asking him to do. And I- I'm still frustrated. They're still calling that deep shot post to Zay. And I mean, he's, I mean, I get it because he's open every time, but Dennis just can't hit him. And like that- that's just what it is now. And, you know, f- I'm- Phil's hitting that throw every day and twice on Sundays, but it's just not happening with Purcell. And he was missing short, outside, inside, everywhere. So, you know, I think we were texting back and forth in the game and at many junctures were like, all right, they're going to pull him. They're going to pull him. They're going to, and they just didn't, which I, it's, it's tough to do on the road, especially in the rain. And, you know, they kind of just leaned on the run game, which got them back into it for a bit. But I, I, I do think it's time to make a change because this was supposed to be a get right game for Dennis Grossell against, like you said, a really poor pass defense. And he just did not get right whatsoever. So I think it might be time to make a change there. And, you know, I know the it's so easy for you to, and I'm sure you guys are going to bash me and believe me, I can take it um, to the like, Oh, we knew about this two weeks ago. Fine. You know, it's so easy to be reactive to things. And even Halfley had said, I mean, I think one of the texts Mitch said was Are you ready for Halfley to do something crazy. Cause that's what he warned. He would not do like just a week ago. Um, but you know, you had to give him some time. Unfortunately, it's a couple losses. That's what happens. But I think at this point, the the benefits of keeping him in are are far outweighed by the by the negatives. You know, you're starting to see the wide receivers getting frustrated. Zay looked really upset at different points during that game. You're seeing no. You're like you're. They're not getting involved. You don't see you know some of the players that he should be able to get the ball to you're seeing the offense completely stagnate, which makes it harder for the defense because the defense is out there all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's starting to cycle. So it, it seems like to me, and I'm finally on board and you know, whatever you guys can give me the sarcastic pat on the back um, that I think it's just time. And I think it's going to happen. I, you know um, I'm assuming Halfley's going to make that change this week, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Grossell earned the right to be given, you know, every opportunity to try to lead this team. And I think he does from like a, you know, mental mentality, personality, leadership 
perspective, just not, it's just not there on the field. Um, so, you know, I think he gave it his best shot and, you know, like we were saying, you know, for weeks that, you know, benching him would probably fracture the locker room. And I said something to the effect of, I think now if you don't take him out, that might fracture the locker room too, because he is at, in the games prior, I don't think he was actively pushing BC towards losing. He might not have been actively pushing them towards winning this, this game he was definitely pushing them towards losing. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm not sure who it's going to be because I think Dalen Menard is kind of just like a smaller, slightly more athletic Grossell. Maybe I don't really know if Matt Reeve can play at the FBS level and Emma Moritz got a big arm, but I mean, he's young as hell. So I just, I don't know. If, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, that's the next talk. Like who's going to be the next guy. And I have, um, I will put it out there and I'm going to make it a, uh, just a, a tease to you all that I have good information on who it could be. And if you're a BC bulletin premium subscriber, I have it up on the, uh, the message boards and I've been having a conversation with our users about it. Um, and it's on good, it's on good information. So um, it's not who you think it would be um, if you're following what I've been saying. So I'm going to put it as, but irregardless of, reg- sorry, irregardless of been yelled, that's not a real word, regardless mm-hmm. of who it's going to be. Halfley had a conversation on Saturday, Sunday with the media in which he talked about where he's going with Boston college's quarterback situation. And I saw another writer and I'm not going to blast him say that it sounded like um, he made it sound like Grossell is still QB one. And that is absolutely not the case from what I heard. I was there. I was at the press conference. Halfley was very evasive of what he's going to do. He basically said, I'm going to leave all options on the table. I need to fix things schematically. I need to fix things personnel wise. You know, you know, Grossell knows he needs to play better, but then he was all over the place and he never mentioned, you know, what, what stuck out to me when you hear football coaches talk about an embattled quarterback, whether it's, um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo or any quarterback that like, they're like, Oh, we got to go with the next guy. The one thing with an embattled quarterback, you know, the, 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 the tell usually for a coach is they'll say, you know, this guy's still my quarterback. He did not say that he did not. He did not go out and say, Grossell is my QB one right now. He, he still supported him, but he did not say that. So I thought that was an interesting tell. And, you know, if you're waiting to hear, like if you're hoping that on Monday, um, you know, that um, Halfley's got to put out a new depth chart and all of a sudden Grossell's not QB1. Got to tell you right now that you're going to be very disappointed because you're going to have to wait till Saturday and it's a, what, a four o'clock kickoff or a 3.30 kickoff. Mm-hmm. You're going to find out 15 minutes before the ball is snapped, who's the quarterback's going to be. But I Yeah, still- I mean, that that's just like a game planning thing. Like, I mean, yep. we talked, this was last year when they didn't really announce the starter until the Duke game, like as it was starting it's mostly a game plan thing because I mean, obviously there's not much tape on Dalen Menard or Matt Reeve or Evan Moorhead, but you know, you want to keep the defense guessing. You want to keep the other team guessing as to who's going to be, be the quarterback and what kind of game they're going to bring on the field. So that's mostly a game planning thing. I, right, wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into it. Totally. Right. Because like, think of it this way. Like if Syracuse is planning for Dennis Grossell and they know like, Oh, he can't throw a deep ball. Mm-hmm. And you're all of a sudden not you're you're scheming it, that system, and then it, maybe they bring in you know Reeve or Emmett Moorhead, and they can throw the deep ball. That's a schematic advantage for Halfley because they haven't been looking at that that often, and you could catch them off guard. So that's a big thing. Now I have a challenge for the students out there, and that is, can you find a um, 
a, a tall vantage point, maybe the top of Gasson Hall, where you could get uh, binoculars <laughs> and find out who QB1 is going to be. I'm We're doing what the that Oklahoma dude did when yeah. Spencer Rattler got benched. So yeah. I'm, I'm totally joking. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look up Oklahoma and Caleb Williams and what the media did in, in Oklahoma. There's totally a joke there. Um, anyways, we'll move past quarterback. I could do a whole episode on it. I'll probably talk more about it on Monday. The other piece that I found concerning was the play of the offensive line. I didn't think they had a good game at all. What did you think, Mitch? So two things. I thought run blocking, they were pretty solid. I'll, I'll give them that. And this line has always been better run blockers than they are pass protectors. That's, that's a given. The thing that I'm frustrated with, and I'm not going to, I'm trying, I'm not going to try to offend the players, but this is just what I've seen guys, specifically Ben Petrula, who is going to set a record for most consecutive starts by like any player in college football history has been making false starts every single year that just kill drives. And I'm like, dude, you are like the oldest player in this team. One of the oldest in college football. How, how is this still happening? And it's at home. It's on the road. It doesn't matter. There's always false starts by him. And it's just very frustrating that that's still happening. I think, you know, and something that happened early in the game when Grossell got sacked is this is something that BC, the offensive line has been struggling with for a while is dealing with the blitz and picking up stunts and twists and stunts and twists are, if for those who don't know, are basically when you have two defensive linemen and they kind of intersect or they go, they go across each other. One goes behind the other to try to confuse the offensive line and the pass protection. And BC gets victimized by this a ton, especially the offensive tackles. And there was the play early where Tyler Vrabel went inside and so did Travis Levy kind of, and a free rusher just smacked Grissel from the backside and not much Grissel can do there. You know, you expect your pass protection to hold up for at least a little bit. And he just probably didn't even see the guy and just got walloped. So uh, pass protection is hard to kind of break down unless you like really get into it. So that's all I'm going to say. But uh, all in all, it just needs to be better. Like those mistakes can happen. I thought the interior guys played really well. Christian Mahogany's playing extremely well for being like the young guy on this offensive line. Um, and Zion Johnson, and Alec Lindstrom are still very solid. But the guys, and I know Tyler Rabel was hurt, so I'll, I'll I'll say that as well. But the guys on the edge are becoming a liability in pass protection at points. All right. In just a moment, Mitch and I are going to talk about the off uh, the defense. Excuse me. But before we do that, let's chat a little bit about built bars. Built bars are protein bars that taste like a candy bar if you haven't tried one by now you are totally missing out they say it's a protein bar but it does not taste one but it's not chalky waxy it's easy to eat it's chew, uh, nice and chewy uh tastes like with real chocolate not it's not chewy excuse me and when you bite into it you know you're eating something different built bars are low carb low calorie low fat low sugar and high in protein and there's so many great flavors you have to check them out whether it's mint brownie coconut almond salted caramel double chocolate cherry barcia coconut and if you want to try, they have a mixed box. So you can figure out which one you like the best. They also have limited time flavors every three to four days. Uh, you can check those out. I love the chocolate cookie dough. If they ever have that out again, you have to get it. It's so good. So head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This is AJ Black here. We're talking about Locked On, we're locked on Boston College talking about Boston College's third straight loss to the Louisville Cardinals this time. Uh, I'm joined by Mitch Wolf, and we're going to chat about the defense. Defense that let up 331 yards on the ground um, and made um, Malik Cunningham at points look a little bit like uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, he does, definitely doesn't have the same decision-making, but Mitch, what were some of your thoughts about the defense? 
Mitch, I think you're muted. Sorry, I always do that when I take a drink because I don't want to uh, have noise. But so anyways, um, yeah, it was rough. Um, I would say that I'll give a lot of credit to Malik Cunningham because he was absolutely electric in the open field, just making guys miss left and right. He's had a ton of missed tackles. And there's when you're playing against a guy with that kind of athleticism, there's not much you can do in terms of scheme in the open field. Like he's just going to out athlete guys like, you know, like Vinny De Palma, like Malik Cunningham's just the better athlete. And that's why he killed them on the ground. And in the air, BC was pretty decent. Like they got the two interceptions, they forced some fumbles. So it was good to see the turnovers come back. And, you know, we had talked, or I mean, you and the other guests have talked about how Malik Cunningham's done a much better job protecting the ball, which this game, they were able to force the turnovers, but you know, when he's you know getting out of the pocket and just creating with his legs, there's just not a ton you can do. So, you know, I, I think Halfley was pretty complimentary of the defense because they were able to, you know, force Louisville into bad situations and you know they really had you know gave the offense chances and the offense just couldn't capitalize and i'm sure that you know if the offense just converts like one or maybe two drives for points you know that gives the defense more time to rest more time to kind of change some things up and then maybe they play better so that's but that's complimentary football like you need to be sound in all in all phases of the game um i thought the funny thing this they mentioned this in the broadcast where bc was just running off and on completely different defensive lines and the announcer was something like oh it's looking like jerry york out there with his line changes yeah no kidding it, it was happening quite a bit too it was like mm-hmm. wholesale changes of like guys yeah. coming in and out um now you there were some injuries we should probably bring those up as we're talking about this game um and jeff halfley gave some updates so it's important to know kind of where they're at brandon sebastian made an incredible interception um and then came down funny on his leg and um mm-hmm. he went to the tent with a knee injury i thought i thought bad you know like really bad and they said he was doubtful to return jeff halfley announced today that he's day-to-day so that's big news for bc mm-hmm. because okay sebastian's Good. having a great season so far mm-hmm. Um, and you, you need to have him back. Sean Asbury, a freshman cornerback. I don't, I don't remember the play where this happened. I don't remember seeing it, but he was he, not in for very long. Like he, he was in for maybe like, teams. yeah, maybe. Cause he was in like for very, a very short amount of time. I think he only played actually like he played, only played six snaps on defense. So he kind of came in and then went right back out. So we got to see a decent bit of JT Thompson, who I thought played pretty well. Um, he got beat over the top a little bit, but he didn't allow any catches. So that's good for him. Yep. And so he's, you know, that's one of the questions with JT Thompson when we we first got him was, what's the point of having a guy like this This is a perfect example, right? You Mm -hmm. lose a couple cornerbacks. You You bring in a guy that you can never have too many corners and a guy with, uh, you know, experience. He's a senior grad student. You you know, Mm -hmm. that's a win right there. So he forced the, I think he forced the fumble on one of the fine, one of the later drives that Jaden Woodbay recovered. So, you know, good game from him at least. Yep. And so uh, Asbury's gone for the year, broke his arm. Uh, he's okay. So he's gone. The good news though, is on the offensive side. If you watch the end of the game, as I did, uh, you saw the last drive when Dennis Grossell fumbled, Trey Barry came up, uh, hobbling really bad. And it looked, you watched it you watched him not put weight on his leg. You saw two guys taking him off. Um, and now today he's day to day. So, okay. That was scary. I, it looked like ACL something knee. Yeah, he wasn't putting any weight on his leg whatsoever when they were helping him off. So that was that was problematic. But that's good to know that he's at least it's not long term. So those three injuries were sustained during the game. And, you know, you uh, obviously Sebastian and Barry are bigger, but, you know, hopefully Sean Asbury can uh, recuperate well enough from that. He's a guy I know they have a lot of high hopes for now going with the defense again. What I what stuck out to me, obviously, they gave it 331 yards. Um is what worries me 
is you're walking from like the fire pit to the next fire pit because you let up all those rushing yards. And what do you have next? You have Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader. Mm -hmm. How do you, are you worried about BC's run defense against Syracuse's rushing attack? I am slightly concerned. I'm not as concerned because Garrett Schrader is a good runner, but he's just not the athlete in space that Malik Cunningham is. I'll say Sean Tucker is definitely better than some of the some of Louisville's backs because he's a very very good player, um, but uh, because I don't think they're going to have Schrader be as inter- as an, as integral of a part of the run game, I think that they'll be able to kind of just key on Tucker a little better, and you know maybe I think BC might go with some heavier personnel even though Syracuse kind of still runs their air raid but they are starting to run the ball more so you might see some more three linebacker packages more safeties in the box so it, it's definitely concerning but you know I, I think that after a pretty rough game, you know, they're going to definitely clean that up in this week of practice in terms of tackling and staying in the right gaps for a run defense. So Mitch, we are talking back and forth and we're sharing some of the um, over the top responses some fans have, and I get it. Fans are fans and this is what they do. One of the things that keeps popping up and it was on our maroon and gold message boards and I've seen it all over the place is Jeff Halfley has lost his uh, honeymoon period. Jeff Halfley has lost his glow. And I know you've sent me things that are even more ridiculous than that. Mm-hmm. I'm on the, I'm on the mind frame that this is, this is silly because Jeff Halfley, you know, they newer coaches are going to run into losing streaks. When you lose your potential first round draft pick quarterback, that's a major, major blow. And I don't think people realize how big of a deal that is and how crippling that would be for any program that isn't Ohio state, that isn't Alabama. And I don't, I don't see that. Do you see this as like a loss of like his, his aura? I mean, to be fair, we, you know, kind of were holdouts on the Dennis Grossell thing and we're eventually proven wrong. So, you know, maybe they're on to <laughs> something, but, but no, I, I think that saying that the, the honeymoon period is over is a little ridiculous. I mean, first of all, let's just like talk recruiting, like Halfley's doing a great job there. And that's a huge part of being a good college coach. So that's going very well in terms of on the field stuff. This, this season would be extremely different if Phil Jerkovich hadn't broken his arm early in the season and he's been out for the whole year. The offense would be playing much more on schedule. They'd be hitting those deep shots. They'd be scoring more points. They would be playing more complimentary football, allowing the defense to get rest, to come back to the sideline, to work some things out if they have a bad drive. I'm, I think probably BC is 6-1 and one if Jerkovich is playing, but you know if, if, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, I don't think the honeymoon period is over. I think that, you know, we had some hope uh, with Grossell coming in after the injury, but I think this is kind of a year you just chalk up to being like, okay, well, we lost the quarterback and we tried to make have a run at it, but it's just it's kind of just a lost year, which that sucks for the guys, especially who like came back um, for their final year, guys like Petrula and Zion. Uh, but this is kind of just a lost year because of the offense. So it, it sucks, but you got to just call it what it is. And I don't think that this is – I think, I think this is actually, I think honestly, this is good for Affleck. Like this is a really tough situation for a young head coach. And like you've been saying, like he's learning a lot about how to deal with certain situations. And I think that this, this year of quote strife, you know, I think this will be really good for him moving forward, honestly. And I, you know, I know fans want, you know, they were hoping for the ACC title. They were hoping to battle for the Atlantic, but you, you know, you change the expectations. Right. And I think right now, you know, what would be good for this team? And I know fans would still be complaining about it because, it, you know, go like six and six, seven and five and make a bowl and get the, you know, just as you said, for those grad students and seniors to come back and get to go to a bowl, which would be like the first time in like 
you know, they went like a couple years ago, but the bowl situation for Boston College after, you know, COVID and a few other things has been really screwy. You know, they, they, the lightning storm game, they had the um, game, the game that they decided not to go to last year, just to get like a nice bowl for them would be nice for, for, you know, the Alec Lindstrom's for the Ben Petrula's, you know, Marcus Valdez and the guys that have been there forever. Um, I think that would be a good way to end the season. And I, I mean, still think it's possible. I don't think this we, is like a lot. We say, we, we say a nice bowl game, but let's be honest. If they get six and six, seven and five, they're going to be playing like Houston and Fenway or something. So, oh, <laughs> right. I mean, Let, I let's just, that's, that's what's going to happen. So that's good. It's like, oh yeah, we could, we could go to a tropical location like Boca Raton or wherever. No, you guys get to stay in Boston for the winter and <laughs> get on the tee and, and get on the yeah, head down to the game on the tee. <laughs> All right, Mitch, we'll see you again tomorrow to talk some more uh, games from around the league. And we'll get to talk to you about, about our former friend, uh, Steve Adazio, who had quite a weekend. That, that, you know, honestly, the, the schadenfreude from many avenues this weekend kind of softened how bad the BC game was. So, you know, we have a lot to talk about with other teams, and at least that kind of didn't make this weekend as bad as it could have been. So, Mitch, where can people find you? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E, on Twitter. And uh, I'm actually going to be going to the BC Syracuse game this coming Saturday. So I'll be tweeting from the press box. We're um, giving AJ an update on what their food situation is like up there. And uh, I think we're going to be debuting something new after that game. So we'll, maybe we'll tease it on the next episode. But we're going to have something exciting on Saturday. So uh, make sure you're following me on Twitter for that. All right. Thanks, Mitch. And we'll see you all again tomorrow. Uh, this is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. Uh, I'm the host of Locked On Boston College. You can find my work at bcbulletin.com. If you have not done so already, please like and subscribe to our um, our podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And we are on YouTube. If you hit subscribe, it would mean a lot to us. Thank you all. And we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.